Welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It's Thursday, March 17th, 2022. This program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, uh, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, are wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health. And when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing it's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about can be found there. Uh, if you have any questions about anything, just hit the contact me button. It gives the option of calling and leaving a message or sending an email. Either way, we'll get back with you as quick as we can, usually within a few hours, and we'll do everything we can to get your questions answered and get you on the right track. Also, while you're on the site, be sure and hit the radio shows tab. At the top of the page, you'll see the link to our archive page set up through castbox.fm. There's almost 800 shows up there now, and they're all annotated as to what we talked about. They're uh, shareable via email and social media, which we encourage you to do, and just have fun with it. Uh, and if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information about the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And then at the bottom of the page is the link to the Facebook page set up for the show, as well as the link to the Telegram channel. And most of the stuff now happens on Telegram because Facebook is just still censoring away. So I post replays of the shows, and that's about it there. But anyway, uh, we also encourage you to hit the links page. And at the top of the page, you'll see a little picture of a money tree. <laughs> and it's very apropos. Um, that takes you to our sister site, yourdiywealth.com. It's exactly the same address. You just change the H in health to a W and make it wealth, yourdiywealth.com. And when you get there, be sure and click on the Hyperverse tab. And that program is absolutely amazing. What if you had the opportunity to take advantage of the crypto industry without having to worry about market volatility? This program gives you the ability to capitalize on the next mega trend that's going to be greater than the Internet and mobile phone revolutions combined. And there's videos on the site there 
that will teach you how you can learn how to become a member of the part this dynamic hyper community and experience the incredible benefits of membership and they are incredible it's the most unbelievable program i've ever seen or been a part of and it has literally changed my life and that of many others and virtually every person who gets involved with this is still there because it works for everyone if you want something that you can do that will work for sure, this is it. Uh, that's all I can tell you. Just uh, watch the videos. If you have any questions, hit the contact me button, and I'll be happy to get them answered for you and help you through the, pro the process. So anyway, keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on the show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Truth Frequency Radio Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only. So as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. The number to call into the show is 833-TFR-LIVE. That's 833-837-5483. 833-837-5483. Or 833-TFR-LIVE. So that being said, I'm just going to clean some stuff up on the screen here. And check my calendar for next week is going to be... Oh my goodness. We're getting through the month of March real quick. Next Tuesday is the 22nd. Wow. Goodness gracious. Time is flying. And there's a lot of craziness going on, as usual. Uh, more and more stuff coming out. The truth is coming out about uh, what a big, monstrous hoax COVID has been, which I've been saying since the whole thing started. <laughs> you know, it, uh, I took a couple of weeks just to look around and, and see what was going on with that big the bad boy. And it became very apparent very quickly that this whole thing was one monstrous uh, boondoggle <laughs> or hoax or whatever you want plandemic um just amazing and the sad thing is is how not just the people of america but literally the people of the world fell for it and it's been foisted on us by the same lion sobs that do all the other junk to us too and, you know, they do these things over and over again because they keep working. You know, it's the old uh, Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football. Oh, this time I'll hold it here and you can kick it. Yeah, right. And every time old Charlie runs up and she pulls the ball away and he, ball away and he ends up flat on his back. That's exactly what's happening to us. Fauci's holding the football uh, over and over and over and we keep running up to kick it. You know, he was holding the AIDS football. He created the coronavirus football, and we just believe every single time we swallow his BS hook, line, and sinker. And, you know, they figure, why bother doing something else? Let's stick with what works. <laughs> you come up, you got some little wee beastie, some little miraculous little bug that nobody can see is going to destroy the world and kill everybody. Oh, we have to be scared. We have to be worried. And we have to take whatever precautions they tell us to whether it's in the form of putting on a face diaper wearing complete full body you know mop gear 
you know, locking ourselves in our houses for months at a time, uh, never coming out and seeing the light of day. And I actually have a, a friend of mine that retired from the police department I work from. He has literally been in his house refusing to come out since this thing started. And I feel so bad for him because he has lost two years of his life to nothing, to a big lie. And it's just, it's two years he'll never be able to get back. And he is just literally petrified of this little bug that doesn't even exist. No one has ever proven the existence of SARS-CoV-2 virus. And there is more and more information that, you know, the one good thing that's happened as a result of this uh, so-called pandemic is more and more people are coming out disputing the so-called germ theory. And if there's anything else, you know, anything good that came out of it, that's probably one of the things. And people like Thomas Cowan and Sally uh, Fallon Morell uh, from the West End Price Foundation and, uh, oh, goodness, um, the uh, group out there called um, Space Busters, they have been doing yeoman's work, putting together videos explaining the bogusness <laughs> of the germ theory. And the germ theory, for those that aren't familiar with the term, is basically the theory, and that's what it is. It's a theory. It is not proven fact that germs make you sick, that there is a little virus floating around that if you get it in up your nose or in your eyes or any mucous membrane, that you're going to come down with this dreaded disease called SARS-CoV-2. And it's all BS. There's no proof of it. There are two things out there. The germ theory, which basically, if you, and I have a really good graphic that I posted on my Telegram channel quite some time ago. It's a picture of two fish bowls with one goldfish each. And the fish bowl on the left is the germ theory. And the, the water is all murky and cloudy and everything. And it says, germ theory, vaccinate the fish. And then the bowl next to it, the water is crystal clear. The fish is swimming around half happy as can be, and it's called terrain theory, clean the water, or clean the tank, or however you want to put it. And that's the difference. The terrain theory means if you keep your body's terrain in good shape, you'll stay healthy. In other words, avoid the crap in the food, crap in the water, crap in the air, and supplement with the proper stuff the 90 essential nutrients that your body's designed to maintain proper health. And lo and behold, if you do that, you'll find that you seldom, if ever, get sick. I've been practicing that to the best of my ability my whole life, and I haven't had the flu in over 50 years. I did contract or have a, uh, uh, a detox period that most people would call COVID, but really it's your body detoxing. And I had that for all of 36 hours a year and a half ago. It was December of 2020. And uh, like I said, I started feeling kind of cruddy um, Saturday afternoon. And by Sunday evening, it was gone. I was back to normal. I had no problems. You know, I'd lost my sense of taste and smell for a day. Got it right back. Um Felt like I've been run over by a truck, you know, no energy, all that kind of stuff. The typical 
symptomology of what they're referring to as COVID. And I just keep kept doing, you know, extra of what I have been doing, just my supplementation and uh, things like that. And basically, my body detox got rid of the garbage that was causing it, and I was back to normal. And I haven't had any problems since. And I've been around all kinds of people that either had COVID or, worse yet, had had the COVID injections. Because the people that are injected, they are the typhoid Marys of the group. Even though typhoid Mary is a total myth, uh, the idea behind it is they are um, non-symptomatic or asymptomatic spreaders. And they are the first case of real asymptomatic spread in the history of the world. It used to be there was no way if you weren't sick, you couldn't spread something. And again, this is based on the germ theory, which is total BS. But now that we have these mRNA injections that people are receiving, and God knows why, you know, pure stupidity is the primary reason. Uh, in some cases, you know, foolishness, thinking they had to take it to keep their job. They should have, if they had any sense, they would have given up the job. If everybody would have done that, that would have been the end of it. If the whole United States or the whole world would have said, screw you, we're not, not our job isn't worth our lives. We're not taking these things. Give them to yourself. That would have been the end of the mandates. Nobody would have been able to say, oh, you got to take it, you know, because if every employee walked away from their job, the employees would have been out of business. And they're counting on the fact that there would only be one or two or three percent that would have the guts to stand up and say no and do what was right for themselves rather than just bending over and taking it. And then, you know, suffering the consequences later. And many are in big, bad ways. I haven't met anybody yet that uh, is glad they took it. <laughs> I've seen a lot that wish they hadn't. And, but the thing is, is when you take these things, it's an, it's an mRNA or, or a messenger RNA injection that, is proven there's no question it's proven to modify your dna you are a genetically modified organism once you take one of these shots and from that time forward your body is programmed to produce the so-called spike proteins that may or may not be the cause of this illness but many believe it is and they believe it's very toxic and there have been all kinds, you know, anecdotal as they are, all kinds of reports where people who received these injections got around other people who had not received them. And those other people were of the um, high-risk areas. Like one story I'd heard, a, a gentleman took it in order to keep his job. His 82-year-old mother lived with him, and she did not receive one of the jabs. But shortly after he took the jab, she got sick and died. Most likely because he was uh, transmitting these spike proteins to her and made her sick and she couldn't handle it. Her system collapsed and she died. And there's been report after report of that kind of thing. And I've been around all kinds of people who have had these jabs or allegedly had because we don't know whether they really got them or not because the things are uh, – because this is the actual clinical trial. 
they are giving a lot of the people who believe they're getting the shots, they're actually getting a saline injection. It's a placebo. And we don't know for sure who really got it and who didn't, except for the fact that the people that are flopping around like a beach mackerel now or are dead pretty much got the real McCoy. The people that are walking around saying, I got my shot and I'm just fine, they either got a mild dose that hasn't kicked in yet or they got the placebo. And why would they do that? Well, they even the, even the criminals doing this program who want everybody to die – they know that if, some, if, if someone's stupid enough to roll up their sleeve the first time and takes it and gets a placebo, they know full well that the next time, you know, they'll be back for the, uh, the second dose or the third, you know, the booster after booster after booster. They'll come back and sooner or later they'll get the real thing and they'll die too. Maybe not right away, maybe in two to five years, but some of the most, uh, promising experts on this subject believe that everybody who got the real McCoy will be dead within two to five years. Now, if that's you, <laughs> sucks to be you. Should have thought twice whether you were wanting to have this thing because you were scared by the propaganda that was put out there or whether you didn't want it, but you took it in order to keep your job. You know, we are where we are because of our life choices. The things we decide to do or not do directly affect what happens from that point forward in our lives. If you took the jab for whatever reason, you took it. It was your choice. Now, you'll say you didn't have a choice. I had to do it to keep my job. Why did you have to keep your job? Is it the only job on the face of the planet you could ever get? Did you do any research at all into these things before you took it to determine what it is you're allowing to be injected into your body or worse, your child's body? There are parents all over the world now who are just beating their heads against the wall, kicking themselves in the backside, whatever else they can do because they were foolish enough to allow their child anywhere from six months to 18 years old or 17 years old to be injected with one of these experimental toxic bioweapons. And the child now is either uh, damaged for life or dead because they just believed the bull crap coming out of the mouth of Fauci or Tedros or Trump or Biden, any of those schmucks. Yeah, Trump's a schmuck, too. As far as I'm concerned, until he comes clean and admits that he was lied to and fooled, hoodwinked, whatever you want to talk, given bad information, until he does that, I got no respect for that guy. Now, granted, he's not going around pushing the things at his rallies anymore because he's tired of getting booed about it because his, his supporters don't like those things. And they have the sense to tell him so when he starts, you know, letting his ego run wild and starts bragging about him. He hasn't figured out that it's not a good thing. And now he's not talking about it anymore. Big deal. 
if you talk to him privately, he'll still say, oh, they're the greatest things. And we did a great job. And it was it saved millions and millions of lives. Bullcrap. It's going to it's going to take millions and millions of lives. More people are going to die because of his Operation Warp Speed than ever conceivably would have died from the disease itself. And that's a fact. And until he comes clean and apologizes and admits he was wrong, admits he was led astray, whatever the case, and says these things are dangerous, I'm sorry I've pushed them, nobody should take them ever for any reason whatsoever, unless you have a death wish. That's the only reason you should take one of those things. Until he does that, I got no use for the guy. Everybody, oh, we need him back to, to fix things. I don't know. I think there's other people out there that could fix things. I don't think he's the one person in the world. And at the same time, I don't think being at least partially guilty in the deaths of millions of people should be swept under the rug because so many people think he's the only thing that can solve the problem here. I just don't buy that crap. You know, damaged goods. But anyway, you know, we have a monstrous thing that's been foisted upon us because people believed in the so-called germ theory. And I'm going to go ahead and, uh, oh, shoot, I've got that thing going here. Um, I had to restart the computer, and I got a bunch of other programs that I normally use during the show that I haven't run yet, <laughs> so I got to get them going. But um, I will post, if I don't do it right now, uh, during the break, I will put another uh, posting on my Telegram channel of the uh, my, my new favorite book. It's a PDF file. It's a free download that I'll have on the Telegram channel that um, is called The Contagion Myth, and it's written by Dr. Thomas Cowan, MD, and um, Sally Fallon Morell of the Weston A. Price Foundation. And it is an absolutely amazing book that really paints the picture. It shows you what's going on, and if I can get my computer to work right, good grief. Um, I thought I had that file right on my desktop, but I'm not seeing it right now, so I'll find it during the break and we'll get it posted. Anyway, um, it's a it's a really good book, and like I said, it is um, just amazing at how it refutes the BS that is the germ theory. You know, many, many people have been led to believe over the course of our lives that, you know, well, look at, uh, you know, what's been, what's happened just in the last two years because we believe that there's a, a thing called a virus that we can't see that's running around making everybody sick. And oddly enough, it's smart enough to know that it's not going to bother you if you're sitting down in a restaurant with no face diaper on. But it could be a danger to you if you're standing up so your face is two feet higher in the air uh, when you're walking from the door to your seat. Um, little things like that. Just a highly intelligent deal. 
or the fact that you know it it, it won't bug you uh, before the hours of 10 p.m. and after the hours of five in the morning, but between 10 p.m. and 5 a, if you're outside, it's going to get you. <laughs> you know those kind of things. Um, how on earth could something come up and be that brilliant? And something that's not even supposedly alive, that has to have a live host to reproduce in. Um, kind of weird. Uh, but, you know, that's what we've been led to believe. And, uh, I mean, it, it, can, it can be stopped by a face diaper. Hmm. But the rest of your body is left uncovered. You've got other mucous membranes, your eyes and things like that. Uh, that it could enter and make you sick. But for some reason, if you're wearing a face diaper that doesn't cover your eyes, you're protected. And it's so small that it would actually fit through the opening of a face diaper. But somehow or another, Fauci says you're still protected. And so does uh, Sleepy Joe Biden. Um, when in fact, you know, wearing a face diaper to stop a, the, something the size of supposedly of an alleged virus is, you know, you've heard the old saying, it's like putting up a chain link fence to stop mosquitoes. But what they don't tell you is the openings in the chain link are 14 feet wide. That gives you the proper perspective. You know, these things, <laughs> you know, you see the people that um, will take like one of those, uh, what do they call them, um, inhaler or uh, vapors things that, you know, it takes the place of cigarette smoking. And they'll take a, a drag on one of those things, and then they'll put the face diaper on, and they'll exhale, and it'll just come shooting out around it through it and everything else. And those particles are so much bigger than a the size of an alleged virus. But even though people have seen that stuff, they still believe that if they wear their face diaper, they'll be okay. And they won't listen to anything that says that the face diaper causes you to have all kinds of health problems because you're reprocessing, uh, recycling your exhaled breath, which has high levels of carbon dioxide, low levels of oxygen, and that kind of thing. So you're basically going to make yourself sick by wearing a face diaper, but that's okay. Anyway, stick with us and we'll be back in three minutes with more of your DIY health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. Be right back. research the biggest revenue they make all those billions land of me and you the same folks that brought you this toxic sewer are now gonna bring us all a cure somehow i just don't think so now the irs gets billions from people like you and me then medicare pumps it back to the drug lords and welcome back to the second segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. You know, I was talking before the break about the uh, free ebook, uh, Conta uh, The Contagion Myth, which I did find and I have uploaded to the um, Telegram channel. So if you go to, if you're on Telegram, and if you're not, you should be, uh, just do a search for Your DIY Health. It'll come right up 
and you can join the channel, follow it, whatever it is. And at the first item at the very bottom, uh, the most recent post is the free PDF download of the Contagion Myth by uh, again Dr. Thomas Cowan, MD, and Sally Fallon Morell of the Weston A. Price Foundation. And uh, like I said, this is my new favorite book because it does such a wonderful job of disputing all of the BS that we've heard all our lives about how, oh, um, if it wasn't for vaccines, you know, they, they stopped all of the nasty things. They got rid of smallpox. They got rid of uh, malaria. They got rid of uh, uh, measles and mumps and chickenpox and all that BS. None of it's true, <laughs> by the way. Uh, in every case, the proven, and they have the numbers in there to show it, in every case, the so-called illness was on its way out as a result of increased um, cleanliness, you know, uh, better uh, sanitation, water, clean water, clean, you know, uh, sanitary sewers and things like that. The only places that you still have that kind of stuff, generally speaking, are in the places in the world where you still have, you know, raw sewage flowing in the streets, uh, drinking out of rivers where people are peeing up upstream and that kind of stuff, um, all of that kind of thing. But all of those diseases were on their way out until they came up with the alleged vaccines, and then the diseases made a resurgence. And today, the only polio we have are actually caused by the polio injections. You know, polio was not caused by some little virus. It was proved to be caused by toxins of like DDT. Um, and basically, it shows they, they have all the time breakdowns where they start using DDT, and all of a sudden, people start having these... Uh, neuromuscular diseases uh, called polio and then they made DDT illegal and the next thing you know polio goes away uh, oddly enough and of course you know they, they roll out a, a little sugar cube with some junk on it uh, including monkey viruses to uh, uh, supposedly solve the problem but in fact it's actually the real mccoy you know the real thing that stopped it was getting rid of the toxins that were causing the problem in the first place and then on top of that when you start giving people polio vaccines they're the ones that start showing up with polio and, and genetic testing now shows that it's from the stuff in the vaccines not from anything that occurs in the wild so anyway i'm going to read a little bit of this book and this is chapter one contagion Let's get right to the nitty-gritty of this issue, contagion. How do we know whether any set of symptoms has an infectious cause? As we can all imagine, determining the cause of a disease in general or a set of symptoms in any particular person can be a complex and difficult task. Obviously, there are many factors to be considered for any one person at any one time in his or her life. Are the symptoms a result of genetics, poisoning, bad diet, and nutritional deficiencies. Well, according to Dr. Wallach, you know his book *Epigenetics: This uh, the Death of the Genetic uh, Theory of Disease and Transmission*. His book shoots down the fact that diseases are not genetic. Period. So you can wipe that one right out. Poisoning's a good possibility. Bad diet's a good possibility. Nutritional deficiencies, stress, EMF, negative emotions, placebo, or nocebo effects 
or infection from another person by a bacteria or virus. In finding our way through this morass, we need well-defined rules to determine how to prove causation, and these rules should be clear, simple, and correct. We do not have such rules, but scientists have ignored, or we do have such rules, excuse me, but scientists have ignored them for years. Unfortunately, failure to follow these guidelines threatens to destroy the fabric of society. Imagine that an inventor calls you up and says he has invented a new ping pong ball that is able to knock down brick walls and therefore make the process of demolition much easier and safer for builders and carpenters. Sounds interesting, <laughs> although it's hard to imagine how a ping pong ball could do such a thing. You ask the inventor to show you how he has determined that the new ping pong balls are able to destroy brick walls, his company sends you a video. The video shows them putting a ping pong ball in a bucket of rocks and ice cubes. <laughs> they then take the bucket and fling it at the brick wall. The wall goes down. There's the proof, they say. <laughs> Wait a minute. How do we know it was the ping pong ball that knocked down the wall and not the rocks and ice cubes that were also in the bucket? Good question, the inventor replies, and then sends you a video showing an animated or virtual ping pong ball destroying a virtual brick wall. He lets you know that the ball and the wall are exact renditions of the actual brick wall. Still, something still doesn't seem right. After all, it's fairly easy to create a computer image or video that shows such an occurrence, yet we would all agree it has nothing to do with my, what might happen in the actual, with the actual ball and wall. The eventer is getting exasperated as, uh, with all your questions, but since you are a potential investor, he is interested in having your financial support, he persists. He then sends you a detailed analysis of what makes his ping pong ball special. It has special protrusions on the outside of the ball that grab onto and destroy the integrity of the cement holding the bricks together. Also, they build a lightweight internal system in the ping pong ball that, according to the inventor, leverages the power of the ball, making it hundreds of times more powerful than the usual ping pong ball. This, he says, is absolute proof that the new ball can whack down walls. At this point, you're ready to hang up on this lunatic. But he pulls the final trump card. He sends you videos of five esteemed researchers in the new field of ping pong ball demolition. They, of course, have been funded entirely by the Ping Pong Ball Demolition Council and have attained prestigious positions in the field. They each separately give testimony about the uh, interesting qualities of this new ping pong ball. They admit that more research is needed but they have presumptive evidence that the claims of improved efficacy are correct and that a cautious investment is warranted. At that point, you do hang up the phone and check outside as to, to see whether you've been dropped into Alice's Wonderland and whether you have just been uh, talking to the Mad Hatter. Now, if this ping pong ball really can knock down brick walls, the obvious thing to do is take the ping pong ball, throw it at the wall, and record what happens. Then have multiple other non-invested people do the same thing to make sure the company didn't pull, uh, put a, a lead in the, uh, ball, <laughs> the ball and throw it at the wall made of paper bricks. We could call this ultimate ping pong ball test. As bizarre and crazy as it sounds, 
this lack of evidence that a microorganism called coronavirus pulls down the wall of your immune system, invades your cells, and starts replicating in them is exactly what has happened with the coronavirus pandemic. No one has bothered to see what happens if you do the ultimate ping pong ball test, throwing the ball against the wall. And if you even suggest that we should do this, the trolls emerge from the shadows and call you a crazy person spreading fake news. The most, uh, most people would agree with the requirement of proving that the ping pong ball can destroy a brick wall. It's not something any of us would uh, consider negotiable. And most people would agree that seeing a real brick wall demolished by a ping pong ball constitutes proof. In other words, insane, uh, sane, rational human beings would accept the above uh, ultimate ping pong, ping pong ball test as a true and relevant test. Heinrich Hermann Robert Koch, uh, 1843 to 1910, is considered one of the founders of modern bacteriology. He created and improved uh, laboratory technologies for isolating bacteria and also developing techniques for photographing bacteria. His research led to the creation of Cox postulates, or Coke, I'm not sure, actual pronunciation, a kind of uh, uh, ultimate ping pong ball test for disease, which consists of four principles linking specific microorganisms to specific diseases. Cox postulates are as follows. One, the microorganism must be found in abundance in all organisms suffering from the disease, but not found in healthy organisms. Two, the microorganism must be isolated from a diseased organism and grown in a pure culture. Three, the cultured microorganism should cause disease when introduced into a healthy organism. Four, the microorganism must be re-isolated from the now diseased experimental host which received the inoculation of the microorganisms and identified as identical to the original specific causative agent. In all, if all four conditions are met, you have proven the infectious cause for a specific set of symptoms. This is the only way to prove causation. Interestingly, even Koch could not find proof of contagion using his postulates. He abandoned the requirement of the first postulate when he discovered carriers of cholera and typhoid fever who did not get sick. In fact, bacteriologists and virologists today believe that Koch's sensible and logical postulates have been recognized as largely obsolete by epidemiologists since the 1950s. Cox postulates for, are for bacteria, not for viruses, which are about 1,000 times smaller. In the late 19th century, the first evidence for existence of these tiny particles came from experiments with filters that had pores small enough to retain bacteria, yet let other particles through. In 1937, Thomas Rivers modified Pox postulates in order to determine the infectious nature of viruses. Rivers' postulates are as follows. One, the disease can be isolated from diseased hosts, or excuse me, the virus can be. Two, the virus can be cultivated in host cells. Three, proof of filterability, the virus can be filtered from a medium that also contains bacteria. Four, 
the filtered virus will, re will produce a comparable disease when the cultivated virus is used to infect experimental animals. Five, the virus can be re-isolated from the infected experimental animal. Six, a specific immune response to the virus can be detected. Please note that Rivers drops Cox's postulate that because men, uh, that's because many people suffering from viral illness do not harbor the offending microorganism. <laughs> Even with Cox's first postulate missing, researchers have not been able to prove that a specific virus caused uh, causes a specific disease using Rivers postulates. One study claims that Rivers postulates have been met for SARS, said to uh, be a viral disease, but careful examination of this paper demonstrates that none of the postulates have been satisfied. Again, this book's central claim is that no disease attributed to bacteria or viruses has met all of Cox's postulates or all of Rivers, uh, Rivers' criteria. This is not because the postulates are incorrect or obsolete. In fact, they are entirely logical but rather because bacteria and viruses don't cause disease, at least not in any way that we currently understand. How did this state of error come about, specifically concerning infections with bacteria and viruses? It goes long, back a long time, even to the philosophies espoused in ancient Greece. Several philosophers and medics promoted this theory during the Renaissance. But in modern times, this masquerade became the explanation for most disease with the great fraud and plagiarist Louis Pasteur, father of the germ theory. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and stop there, but it gives you an idea what they're getting at. Bottom line is, according to Cox postulates and Rivers postulates, no one has ever proven, using those very plausible sets of rules, that any bacteria or any virus causes any set of symptoms. So why do we have what we have going on now? Why are we in a situation where Fauci, Gates, everybody you can think of out there, even the good doctors in most cases, are saying that we have to protect ourselves from these viruses? <laughs> because they've all bought into it because that's what they were taught in medical school. They were taught that a theory that's never been proven is actually fact when it's not. And again, they totally push aside the terrain theory. And there's a new uh, video that just came out called the terrain theory. That if you go to uh, the terrain, I think it's terrain, the movie, terrain movie. Um, I'll find that link in a second here. Um, you can uh, actually watch it. Um, it's really a very well done video. Um, <laughs> terrain movie, I think it is. Let's see if that comes up. Uh, oh, there we are. Terrain, the film by Marcelina Kravitz and Andrew Kaufman. Um, it's terrainthefilm.com. And I will put that, if I can get the link to, there we go. Put that in the chat room as well as in the Telegram channel. Because it is, a, that's really, really, really good film. 
and um, for like $23, I think they still have that available, you can get access to digital downloads where you can download the uh, 1080p files and share it with uh, anybody you want. But um, I just put that. It's also in the chat in the Telegram channel right under the contagion myth. But uh, the terrain theory, which basically says if you clean up the fish tank, so to speak, or like I said, stop eating the bad foods, avoid the crap in the food, crap in the water, crap in the air, and give your body the, the 90 essential nutrients it's, it's proven to need in order to stay healthy, that lo and behold, you can be immersed in a soup of these alleged bacteria and viruses and you won't get sick. And if you look at the people that routinely are sick around you, you know, there you everybody knows people that I don't know what it is with that guy, but he is sick all the time. If you follow him around and watch what he does on a daily basis, see the crap that he puts in his mouth and the things that he exposes himself to in the way of toxins and that kind of junk, you'll understand why he's sick all the time. Because those toxins that go into the body in one way, shape, or form sooner or later have to come back out. And that's known as a detox. And when you detox, you develop certain symptoms. You start to feel kind of achy. You might have a, te a fever. You might have some nausea. You might possibly even lose your sense of taste and smell. Um, I can remember when the last time I had the flu, even my hair hurt. I mean, you know, follicles and stuff. Just it was just that was one of the things just struck me as strange. You know, I was achy everywhere, but even the my head, the top of my head, you know, I don't have to worry about that much now because I don't have that much hair anymore. But back then, I had a full head of hair, and they all hurt. <laughs> um, but that's what you feel when you go through a detox. And you might get a skin rash. There's any number of things that you may end up with. But generally within four to seven days, it's gone. And you're back to normal. And the interesting thing is, you know, the doctors will say something like, uh, if you start to do this, if you take this uh, uh, in seven days, you'll be just fine. If you don't, you know, the disease or whatever you got will probably last a week. <laughs> so in other words, taking this stuff will get you fixed as soon as not doing it. Seven days or a week, whichever, you know. But uh, when you detox, that's what most people look at as a certain, you know, you get a certain set of symptomologies and they oh, they do a test and here they find this wee beastie in the in the in your snot or your sputum or your blood or something. And they say, oh, that's the flu virus. You've got the flu. Well, how do they know you didn't already have that stuff in your system before? And even if not, how do they know that that's what caused it? And this is one of the things that um, uh, is really, really interesting. If I can, I don't know, I might have to look during the break to find it. Um, but it's the old deal with uh, fires and firemen. You know, based on the Cox postulates or the bastardization of them, the doctors that say, okay, this person's sick and this bacteria or this alleged virus is present 
So that's what made the person sick. That's the same as saying, okay, there's a fire and there's firemen running around, so they must have caused the fire. No, they're there to put the fire out. Just like it could very well be that the bacteria that are present when someone's sick did not make the person sick. They're there to clean up the mess. And viruses are nothing more than dead cell matter that the, that the bacteria are chomping up. They're there to clean those things up. Okay, there's always more than one way of looking at something. And we have been trained through TV and doctor shows and all the BS from, you know, the World Health Organization and National Institutes of Health, the Fauci found, you know, all this stuff. You know, <laughs> we have been trained to automatically think that bacteria and viruses cause disease instead of clean up after it. And that's where we need to start thinking differently. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, but I highly recommend that you go to the you know, Telegram channel and download this book. It is just chock full of fantastic evidence. And they basically shoot down everything with facts and figures. They have documentation for everything to prove that all the BS about, oh, we got all these, got rid of all these diseases by using vaccines. Not once has that ever happened. Just like not once have they ever proven that a bacteria or a virus causes a specific set of symptoms. It's all theory. And again, why do we have that theory? Well, if, if you could fix the problem by just cleaning up the tank, the fishbowl, the terrain, who could make money from that? You know, you might get some money out of, you know, people that show you how to do a detox or someone who's selling nutritional supplementation or something like that. But that's not there. You're not going to have a whole lot of money made in that area. On the other hand, if you promote the idea that disease is caused by these little bugs you can't see, then you have a situation where billions, if not trillions of dollars can be made off of the silliness of people. Look at what we've seen arising over the years with antibicrobial, you know, microbiological soaps and uh, countertop wipes and you name it. You know, when I was a kid, we had a, a dish rag that we would, you know, wash dishes with, you'd wipe the counters with, all that kind of stuff. It would hang over the faucet uh, and dry off. Every once in a while, you'd throw it in the dish or the washing machine. And now you see ads on TV where your dish dishcloth can have just be loaded with bacteria and it could be, be deadly. So now everybody's throwing away their dishcloths and they're buying Clorox wipes or whatever else. Some kind of new, improved, disposable, antimicrobial whatnot that you got to keep buying more and more and more of. And you have to keep throwing away the ones you're using with no proof that anybody is ever made sick by a dish rag. And I still have a dish rag. That's what I use. And you know what? I don't get sick. 
It's it's absolute insanity, and then people just buy this stuff up. If they see it advertised on TV, they gotta have it. You know, I have uh, a lady that used to. Uh, she's passed away now, but we used to go to dinner from time to time, and it never failed. Right as the food's brought to the table, before everybody starts to eat, she'd get a little bottle of Purell or something out of her purse and put some on her hands, hand it to her husband, and then offer it to everybody around the table. And I always say, no thanks, don't need it. You know, I have I have eaten with mud on my hands. I have eaten stuff off dirty bicycle shop floors when I was working as a kid in a bike shop. And you name it. And none of that stuff ever made me sick. The last thing I worry about is little bitty wee beasties. Um, because I know my immune system, my body is capable of dealing with anything that comes along because I give it what it needs to stay healthy. And I, that's the way I approach life. And, you know, I feel sorry for the people that are so afraid of something they can't see that they have to constantly be taking precautions Oh, we have to, you know, wipe this counter down with Clorox or bleach or whatnot, or we have to use this, or we got to do that. Um, they're constantly scared to death about something they can't see and doesn't, and really, even if it was there, it wouldn't hurt them because they're led to believe a pack of lies that has nothing to do with the truth. The terrain theory is actually much more proven that you know you can see it in people that you know when they take care of themselves they don't get sick as opposed to the people that are always wallowing in crap <laughs> and they're sick all the time so to speak but anyway stigmas won't be back in three minutes with the, at the top of the hour with more your diy health here on the truth frequency radio network Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And uh, for the break, we were talking about uh, the uh, contagion myth, a free PDF download that you can find on my Telegram channel. Just go to Telegram and type in the search box, Your DIY Health, Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y-H-E-A-L-T-H, and it'll come right up. And the second item there is the uh, telegram or the uh, the book, which is a free PDF uh, download. It is fantastic. Um, like I said, it's my new favorite book. It it really does a super job of dispelling the myths of the germ theory, and that's the thing. You know, in science, you have theories and you have laws. Things don't become a law or fact until they are proven over and over and over again. You know, that's the thing about a law. It has to be reprovable. 
You know, you can't just do it once and never be able to do it again. That's that's a theory, or it's a set of uh, ideas that they come together. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Well, let's see if we can prove it. That's where we're at with the germ theory. You know, if you can do this, 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 then that proves that this is a real thing and it causes this to happen. Yeah, it's a great idea, but no one has ever been able to prove it, period. <laughs> and that's the, the sad situation. And, um, you know, uh, there's just so much information out there now that dispels what we've been led to believe. And the thing is, is because it's cognitive dissonance. People have believed it for so long that they can't possibly, at this point, uh, unbelieve it and think a different way. But, uh, you know, here's, you know, talking about, um, let me see if I can find a good spot to start this. Um, talking about Weston A. Price. And, well, let's see. In 1905, Dr. Cock received the Nobel Prize for proving that tuberculosis was an infectious disease. Except he didn't. <laughs> yeah. In fact, he could find an organism in infected tissue only by using special staining methods after the tissue was heated and dehydrated with alcohol, which can cause different things to happen all in, in that process by itself. The stain was a toxic dye, methylene blue, and the solution he used contained another toxin, potassium hydroxide, or lye. When he injected the organisms stained with these poisons into animals, they got sick because they were being poisoned. <laughs> but what caused the illness, the bacillus or the poisons? And TB does not even satisfy Cox's first postulate. One person in ten who tests positive for TB actually develops the disease. Those who don't are said to have latent TB. You notice how they come up with these new terms to justify their lack of ability to prove a theory that they believe in? They'll turn around and say, well, yeah, if it's there, then it makes people sick. But if it's not making people sick, it's not because our theory is wrong. It's because they are latent. <laughs> It's just waiting. It's dormant. It's going to pop up at some later undisclosed time. Yeah, that's uh, that's my story. That's the ticket. <laughs> Even in the 1930s and 40s, some scientists remained skeptical of the germ theory for TB. Since many still believed that the cause was genetic, which is not true either. There is no such thing as a genetic illness. Dr. Wallach proved that. An investigator who disputed both theories was Dennis Weston A. Price, great man, author of the groundbreaking book, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. During the 1930s and 40s, he traveled around the globe to study the health of so-called primitive peoples living on ancestral diets. As a dentist, he naturally observed dental and facial formation and the presence or absence of tooth decay which is really a misnomer. It's not tooth decay. It's acid breakdown. <laughs> anyway, he found 14 groups in regions as diverse as the Swiss Alps, the Outer Hebrides, Alaska, South America, Australia, 
and the South Seas, in which every member of the tribe or village exhibited wide facial structure, naturally straight teeth, and freedom from tooth decay. He also noted the absence of disease in, well, in these well-nourished groups. As soon as the displacing foods of modern commerce made inroads into the population, they became vulnerable in both chronic and infectious disease, um, especially TB. The children born to those who adopted the Western diet of sanitary processed food, sugar, white flour, canned foods, and vegetable oils were born with more narrow faces, crowded and crooked teeth, pinched nasal passages, narrow configuration of the birth canal, and less robust body formation. Price rejected the notion that TB was inherited or caused by a microorganism transmittable by droplets released into the air in the coughs and sneezes of the infected. He surmised that the root cause was a malformation of the lungs similar to the narrowing of the facial structure and dental deformities in those born to parents eating processed foods. In, visits, in a visit to a pediatric TB ward in Hawaii, he noted that every patient had dental deformities. These dental deformities did not cause TB, of course, but Dr. Price believed that the same conditions that prevented the optimal formation of the facial bones also prevented optimal formation of the lungs. And it was the dead and dying tissue in the lungs that attracted bacteria, nature's cleanup crew, and not the microorganism that caused the disease. He noted that Swiss villagers living off their native diets of raw dairy products, sourdough, rye bread, and some meat and organ meats had no TB. And this was a time when TB was the number one killer in Switzerland and elsewhere. Likewise, inhabitants of Lewis Island in the Outer Hebrides were free of TB. Their nutrient-dense diet consisted of seafood, including fish livers, fish liver oil, along with hot uh, oat porridge and oat cakes. They lived in thatched houses and had no chimneys, uh, living in close quarters with smoky, polluted air night and day. Still, they had no TB. When modern foods made their appearance, the situation changed and TB took hold. Health workers blamed the smoky air of their cottages, not the microorganism, and made them install chimneys, but to no avail. Only Weston A. Price was curious about the fact that the well-nourished islanders were immune even when living in smoke-filled houses. Similarly, similarly, he observed that African tribesmen living on tribe traditional foods seemed immune to the disease in Africa, even though they went barefoot, drank unsanitary water, and lived in areas that swarmed with mosquitoes. Europeans visiting Africa needed to cover themselves completely and sleep under protective netting to avoid disease. Once the continent of Africa became coca colonized, these diseases proliferated among the Africans. <laughs> During the time of Dr. Price's research, it was not the so-called infectious diseases of Africa that struck terror in American minds. It was polio. According to health officials, the cause was an infectious virus. This virus didn't just make people, especially young people, sick. It occasionally left them crippled. Pictures of grown men in iron lungs and children wearing leg braces seared the national consciousness. In the mid-1950s, physician Morton S. Biskind testified before Congress. 
Dr. Biskin's message was not that the legislators wanted, was not what the legislators wanted to hear. Polio was the result of a central nervous system poison, not a virus. And the chief CNS poison of the day was a chemical called dichlorodiphenyl trichloroethane, commonly known as DDT. Used in World War II to control mosquitoes said to cause malaria and typhus among civilians and troops, its inventor, Dr. Paul Her um, Dr. Herman Mueller, was awarded the Nobel Prize in Physiology and or Medicine in 1948 for the discovery of the high efficiency of DDT as a contact poison against several arthropods. Not to mention <laughs> the bipeds, peoples. By October 4, 1945, DDT was available for public sale in the United States. Government and industry promoted its use as an agriculture and household pesticide really promoted it. Photographs from the era show housewives filling their houses with DDT fog, dairy farmers dusting cows in their cow sheds, even spraying it into the milk, crop dusters depositing DDT on fields and forests, and children on beaches enveloped by pesticide. An attachment in your for your mower could distribute DDT over your lawn, and trucks spray DDT on city streets, ch children cheerfully playing in the spray. Yeah, <laughs> and no wonder people came down with this stuff. DDT largely replaced another CNS poison, lead arsenate, uh, introduced in 1898 for use on crops and orchards. Before that, the preferred spray was plain arsenic. Biskin wrote, in 1945, against the advice of investigators who had studied the pharmacology of, of the compound and found it dangerous and for all forms of life, DDT was released in the United States and other countries for general use by the public as an insecticide. It was even known by 1945 that DDT is stopped in the or stored in the body fat of animals and appears in the milk. With this foreknowledge, the series of catastrophic events that followed the most in, uh, intensive campaign of mass poisoning in, in known human history should not have surprised the experts. Yet far from admitting a casual relationship to so obvious that in, that in, the other, in, in any other field of biology it would be instantly accepted, virtually the entire apparatus of communication lay and uh, lay and scientific alike has been devoted to denying concealing suppressing distorting and attempts to convert into its opposite the overwhelming evidence label or libel slander and economic boycott have not been overlooked in this campaign Early in 1949, as a result of studies during the previous year, the author published reports implicating DDT preparations in the syndrome widely distributed as virus X in man, in X disease, the cattle, and in often fatal syndromes in dogs and cats. The relationship was promptly denied by government officials who provided no evidence to contest the author's observations, but relied solely on the prestige of government authority and sheer numbers of experts to bolster their positions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all these people that are paid to have, a, have an opinion somehow had that opinion. Imagine that. So anyway, what it boils down to is DDT was ultimately taken off the market, but never really connected all the way to polio. 
But oddly enough, when DDT left the market and they stopped using it, polio went away. How do you like that? Anyway, <laughs> that's just, just a smidgen of what you will find in the contagion myth. Free PDF download on my Telegram channel. Get it, read it, enjoy it, make it a part of your life. <laughs> you will love it. Uh, ah, yes. Shout out to Alan Holman for making his book on cancer free. Uh, definitely. And that book is called Asclepius Staff, and it is available on the links page on my website, yourdiyhealth.com. Again, it is a free download. And um, for someone who is looking at dealing with cancer, either in themselves or a loved one, friend or family member, every bit of information that you can lay your hands on is a good thing. And rather than spending top dollar to go to a medical deity who doesn't really know what the heck they're talking about, <laughs> why not look at some of the free stuff that's out there? You know, it's absolutely amazing. And that reminds me, um, the other day we played um, the recording of Michelle, and if I can find it here real quick, let's see how much time we got. We got probably just enough to take us up to the break if I can get the thing found here. <laughs> quickly um, <laughs> well maybe not so much never fails anytime I'm trying to find something quick it takes forever uh, goodness 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 man I don't think that's it uh, nope that's not the one hmm uh, ah, here we go. This is Patrick Valdez, Command Sergeant Major from the Air Force, and uh, he's on the bright side with uh, Pharmacist Ben Fuchs. I am pleased and honored to welcome our guest, Command Sergeant Major Patrick T. Valdez, retired. Patrick Valdez, uh, I met... Uh, I met Command Sergeant Valdez at the Longevity Convention a couple months ago, back at the end of April, and he had such an amazing story about cancer and about uh, about nutritional supplementation that I thought it would make a great, great testimony and some compelling radio. I wanted to have uh, uh, Patrick on the radio so you guys could hear his story. Welcome to the program, Pat. How you doing, buddy? That's a great day. How are you? Can I? I'm doing well. Can I call you, Pat? Absolutely. Okay, good. So uh, you have an amazing story. Cut to the chase. Tell us about it, uh, the colon cancer first, and then also about the uh, knee. Okay. Well, then let me or, or Actually, first of all, Patrick, tell the folks about your background. Your okay. Background. I spent 33 years in the Army, um, active in reserve, uh, stationed overseas several times, Europe, uh, Korea, uh, two trips to uh, Kuwait and Iraq, uh, Great career. I love my career. Able to uh, do a lot of really good things for our country. I worked with some great people. Uh, one of the things that happened to me in Iraq was uh, I was injured, not wounded by the enemy. I was injured and had some orthopedic issues, uh, knees, shoulder, lower back. I spent almost four years in the Wounded Warrior Program at Fort Carson. Uh, we call it the WTU, Warrior Transition Unit. Uh, Graduated out of that, basically, the doc said, you're as good as you're going to get. You're an old guy. Uh, we'll retire. 
So I survived that and I had to have my knee replaced, uh, two surgeries in the shoulder, 18 procedures on my back, um, moving on with life. And then um, I went to the VA to talk to my primary care provider, told her about an issue with uh, chronic diarrhea, which is not the most pleasant subject. And she said, you know, let me check. Uh, let's run some labs and we're going to do an ultrasound. And that's when, that's when my life changed. Uh, I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer uh, by the Salt Lake uh, City uh, VA Hospital and uh, sent over to the Huntsman Cancer Institute, which is a fantastic uh, hospital. Both hospitals treated me very well. And through all the, bi- through all the biopsies, multiple biopsies, 10 hours of MRI and um, CT scans um, combined, to verify how big it was, found out there were four of them uh, inside my uh, my pancreas. Uh, I was scheduled to have a, a Whipple procedure. If you're familiar with that, is they basically rip your guts out, uh, remove the cancerous part of your uh, your, your uh, pancreas, and put everything back together. And six months later, you resume your, your normal life. Uh, luckily for me, uh, we didn't do that. Uh, we, my wife, Donna, said, let's go after this naturally. Let's, find, let's let the body heal itself. And if you look at who's had pancreatic cancer and died, and one of the richest men on earth, Steve Jobs. Yeah. And it's, he, it's he notoriously died deadly, it. Notoriously deadly pancreatic cancer and quickly. Well, the one statistic that was given was 5% lived beyond five years. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's, those aren't good numbers. So... Um, we went after it with essential oils. We went after it with a diet change, a very dramatic diet change. Um, I, I learned to love asparagus. For the first month, I ate nothing but asparagus. I was able to introduce um, onions and garlic and stuff like that to flavor it because I was psychologically I was going crazy because was trying to eat the same thing over and over. And what supplements did you use? Well, here, here's the deal. We started with some. Um, Essential oils, and uh, we, we used uh, uh, a, a blue spruce. We used uh, frankincense, and we up my um, my enzymes because of the because of the masses uh, in my pancreas. My digestive system was all out of whack. That's what caused initially. That's what caused the uh, chronic diarrhea. Um, so my enzymes were off, so we supplemented with enzymes. And we removed anything that was acidic from the diet in, in the life, uh, no sugar, and we basically starved it. Um, we started on the product halfway through the, the journey. What do you mean the product, Patrick? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. We started with uh, using the, a 94 life pack uh, halfway through this whole journey, and we upped up. We supplemented also with selenium, and uh, uh, Dr. Schrauser is, uh, he, he's my hero. Um, Schrauser is amazing. Gerhard Schrauser, brilliant man, brilliant man. Uh, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so, um, got on the product, and the masses were already getting smaller because of the diet change. The Huntsman Cancer Institute, the doctor there said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Um, at the time when this, when this started, I was still on a lot of heavy narcotics uh, for my, my injuries. 
And uh, we stopped all those. We stopped taking Ambien. Um, if you remember back in at the convention, uh, I call Ambien Satan's drug because you, it, it, it removes your ability to think, makes you forget in that way it allows you to sleep and rest better. Well, it also, it shuts you down. And things just don't matter. And, and things that are important don't matter. Even during the day? Even during the day. I, had a, I, I wouldn't really come clean, conscious thought until about 10, 11 in the morning. And I even started taking them earlier. I was, I got to the point I was supposed to take them like at nine at night. And then I got to the point I was taking them at seven. But it still wasn't until 10, 11. Wow. I was, uh, I was able to form good thought and knew what was going on. So, only um, got a couple minutes here, Patrick. Uh, so, we, tell us how, wound up, how you wound up. Uh, went back into a follow up with, with uh, the Huntsman and, uh, my doctor ordered another biopsy and ultrasound and a new imaging. We did all that. And she came back with tears in her eyes and she said, I don't get to say this very often. You're cancer free. That's pretty darn amazing. That's pretty Your lab supported, images supported. I love it. I love it. That is an amazing story. Now, how about the knee? The knee, I had to have the knee replaced and it fell and very painful. Couldn't walk downhill. Uh, couldn't go downstairs. Uh, very painful. I had to go downstairs. I had a, I had a crab walk sideways. Um, the patella would roll off, and I would fall. I didn't do it right. Uh, on the 90 to life pack, taking glucogel liquid, glucogel uh, caplets, and um, continue taking. I'm still taking the selenium, taking everything I, I started with. And then one day at work, one of the guys said, "Hey, what's wrong with you?" I'm walking down a long flight of stairs. He goes, I go, nothing. He goes, you're not walking sideways. And I didn't even realize it. Yeah. And I ran up to the top of the stairs and walked down again. And it was still a little tender. It wasn't perfect. Um, I was able to go hiking. Uh, 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 Mount Ben Lomond is here north of, uh, of Ogden. And I walked two hours up it. Didn't have any problem. Two hours coming back. Didn't have any problem uh, with the knee uh, because I hadn't been hiking. I did the next morning have some uh, pain, I would say, just because I'm 54 um, and hadn't hiked in a while. But uh, the knee feels good. I don't have any problems anymore. Uh, is it perfect? No, but uh, it definitely beats where I was at. Hey, and I, and I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Pat. And I, and, I, and I owe all that to uh, Doc Wallach, and I owe that to. Uh, uh, I glucogel. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Hey, Patrick, somebody's, what would you say to somebody who's on the bubble, on the fence? They're, they want to go to their doctor. They're thinking about going to their doctor, but they're a little bit hesitant. They might want to supplement. What would you tell people? I would say, first of all, get away from your doctors unless you have a traumatic injury. All right? They're a great place to, to get labs done. That's about it. Because they're just going to sell you more pharmaceuticals. And you, you've seen my, my list of pharmaceuticals. Right, right. I hate them. So I say try the product, listen to Doc Wallach. Um, I'm not beating the drum because I'm some kind of zombie. I'm beating the drum because I know it works. That's I awesome. know it works. 
Thank you so much, Patrick. And you know what, folks, everybody out there listening, it's not just Patrick. This is the testimony of the human body. This is what we are capable of. There's a built-in healing process, as we talk about every day on the bright side. It's a built-in healing mechanism. It is divinely inspired. The body can heal itself, but it has to have the raw materials to do its work. God bless, Patrick. Thank you so much, Command Sergeant Major Patrick T. Valdez. Well, look at that. We had just enough time, and uh, we got about 20 seconds before the uh, music starts for the bottom of the hour break. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that was a little bit of an eye-opening thing. And I've heard this over and over and over again. People are told by their doctors, go home, get your affairs in order. You got, you're going to die. There's nothing more we can do to you, I mean, for you. And uh, they go home, they get on board with longevity protocols, and lo and behold, the problem, their, their cancer, whatever it is, goes away. Imagine that. Well, stick with us. We'll be back in three minutes at the bottom of the hour break uh, with your, your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. We'll be right back. Pharmaceutical drug guys just can't get enough They don't care if you live or you die Long as they get their piece of pie Mmm, my, my, my They convinced you it's the right drug for you But they didn't tell you what your liver goes through And just because some MD said jump body became a toxic and we are back with the last segment of today's edition of your diy health and i thought it'd be uh, nice to take a look at some of the things in the news attorney presents evidence to congress that covid19 injections are one of the greatest frauds in history and uh, attorney thomas rents who publicized data from the Department of Defense showing a significant rise in serious illness and injury in military personnel following a rollout of COVID-19 injections in 2021, has issued a special legal notice with nearly 200 pages of supporting evidence. Some of the most alarming data include the evidence comes uh, included in the evidence comes from a trio of DOD whistleblowers who shared proof from the Defense Military Epidemiological Database of nearly 1,000% overall rise in injuries and diseases. This database, Renz reports, is considered the premier epidemiological database in the world, monitored by an entire division of the military, part of the data feeding into the DHHS uh, is relate, uh, related to vaccine safety and fr- <laughs> frequently cited by uh, public health professionals in peer-reviewed publications. He presented the data in a public hearing to Senator Ron Johnson, a ranking member of the Permanent Subcommittee on, Invest- on Investigations. Senator uh, Johnson then wrote a letter to the Secretary of Defense about it, and he received a response stating that there had been a glitch in the database impacting data from 2016 to 2020, and that 2021 had not been an anomaly. 
Hmm. <laughs> According to Rents, if that had truly been the case, the Department of Health and Human Services, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the Department of Defense, the White House, and public health officials throughout the world were wrong for five years, including 2020, the first year of the pandemic. Referring to the fact that the DOD later adjusted the figures for the years it claims were affected by the glitch, it makes uh, to make 2021's numbers appear more consistent with previous years. He wrote, the glitch then magically repaired itself in 2021, despite the fact that the error went unnoticed until we started sharing this information in 2022. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I love it. The Pentagon has yet to explain why the real numbers were not in the official system for five years and where the originally published numbers came from, nor have they explained why 2021's figures were supposedly accurate, but the previous figures were not. Hmm. I guess, that, yeah, self-repairing glitches. Gotta love those. Kind of makes you wonder how you determine when the glitch is there and when it's not. Hmm. I guess when it makes you embarrassed, it's there. And when the numbers work in your favor, then it's not, I think. Oh, well. However, what do we know? Or what we do know is that one of two things must be true, depending on whether 2021 was abnormal or the previous five years figures were indeed similar to 2021. As Renz points out, either there was a mass vaccine injury in the military or our military has been very unhealthy and the Pentagon completely lost control over epidemiological evidence of these health issues for years. Either way, this story is the story of the year. Significant rises seen in several serious illnesses. According to uh, among the data found in the DOD database and highlighted by Johnson's letter was a 2,181% rise in hypertension or high blood pressure from 2020 to 2021, a 1,048% rise in diseases of the nervous system, a 680% rise in multiple sclerosis, a 551% rise in Guillain-Barre syndrome, and rises well above 100% of various types of cancer and infertility. Other data Renz wanted to draw attention to include a DOD document that shows Dr. Fauci lied, <laughs> so the, what else is new, by claiming the virus was a crisis of the unvaxxed and demonstrating that the jabs are even less effective among minorities, and the Pfizer document proving the dangers of the vaccines were known early on and that potential side effects have been covered up. There is also a DOD senior leading briefing demonstrating that, the, that a quarter of active duty and reserves have not yet been fully injected and are therefore subject to dismissal from the military. In addition to calling the injection mandates for military personnel to be lifted immediately, Rents is pleading with officials to look at the facts and take a stand. While that same uh, committee meeting that Senator Johnson chaired he issued, in my understanding, he issued an invitation to virtually all members of Congress to sit in on this thing and, and hear what was being said. Not a single congressional delegate from either the House or the Senate came and sat in on this meeting. 
Johnson was the only member of Congress there. That is absolutely disgusting. Even the so-called conservative Republicans weren't there. One of my favorite guys, Jim Jordan from Ohio, wasn't there. I don't know if he had a good excuse or not, but I would have at least, if, if it had been me, I'd have sent at least a staffer to sit in on it. You know, I don't know if that was the case or not that anybody did that. You know, go take notes and report back kind of thing. Not even sure if any of that happened. Anyway, Pfizer CEO Albert Borla declares that fourth COVID shot is now necessary. Yeah, right. We haven't killed enough people with the first ones, so we need more. And we've got all these extra shots that nobody's lining up for anymore. we got to do something with them. Might as well call for another booster. Yeah, there are some stupid people out there that haven't gotten the real McCoy yet that are still waiting to start flopping like a beach mackerel, foaming at the mouth and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, let's use them until we run out. COVID injections killed 61,000 Americans last year, CDC data reveals. Yeah. <laughs> Multiply that by 100. 6.6 million. That's a little more accurate. You know, it's on the low side. But, uh, yeah. According to CDC, well, let's just open up the article and see. Let's see here. Wuhan coronavirus, COVID-19 injections are mass murder weapons, deadlier than guns, cannons, and tanks combined. Yowzers. This surfaced after an analysis of figures from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention database revealed that 61,000 people, supposedly in the prime of their lives, aged 25 to 44, died of vaccine-related causes in the U.S. in the fall and winter of 2021. Edward Dowd, a former BlackRock portfolio manager, uh, made the appalling revelation during the March 10 episode of The Alex Jones Show. I remember hearing that, as a matter of fact. He really spelled it out. According to Dowd, an, invest, an, an investment uh, supervisor on Wall Street, an insurance industry expert who was part of his team uh, stumbled upon uh, with uh, the buried truth when looking for some something else. He broke down the CDC figures by age and created his own data uh, baseline death rates from there. Showing charts, the actuarian plotted from the figures. Dowd pointed to the chart four as uh, to pointed at chart four as the punchline. Basically, you see that millennials experienced 84% excess death in the fall and winter of 2021. So excess deaths accelerated when mandates and boosters hit. Dowd told Jones, and this age group is important because they're healthy, generally speaking. And you can't say that they, uh, let's see, you can't say that they, you know, miss their cancer screenings. <laughs> this is ages 25 to 44. So this is just devastating evidence that the vaccines are causing this age group to die at an accelerating rate. And uh, there's a related article, Life Insurance Companies Found Death Alert Warnings uh, Over Nearly 100,000 Excess Deaths Per Month happening right now in the u.s and that sounds a little bit more accurate just dropping this into the chat room real quick 
And we'll put it in the Telegram channel, too, just to be safe. Boink. All righty, then. Um, I know I showed percentages in the chart, but the actual bodies are 61,000. That's the Vietnam War event that just occurred to the millennial generation. 58,000 died in Vietnam War, and that was over a period of 10 years. This is 61,000 to one generational group over the period of about four or five months, six months max, fall and winter of 2021 there. Dowd said he's certain the vaccines are the injections, the bioweapons are the culprits because the acceleration started in the summer when the mandate started hitting in August and September last year. And then President, uh, resident Joe Biden came out announcing the mandates. The boosters were also authorized and started happening. So let's call this is uh, what it is. This is death by government mandate or democide, death by government. That's what's going on here. The insurance companies have pointed to an alarming spike in vaccine-related deaths before, but the government refused to heed the warning and proceeded with the mass injections. Dowd could only speculate on why the psychos in government did this, <laughs> right? Well, there's two ways to look at it. Just good old-fashioned power and greed, or there was a plan hatched by some very evil people. I'm going with power and greed for now, but you know, as we roll through this very active fraud, it's being exposed. There is more and more evidence coming to the front, and this is part of some sort of bigger grand plan. Dowd's suspicion grew after noticing that what's happening in the U.S. is being replicated by other global governments that have mandated the injections. Government's war on people. So this is a whole or worldwide tragedy, and it's a war. And whether the government knew it was a war on people, they're, they're currently at war with their own people. And it's true, and it's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Dowd related that a board member of a German issuer approached him two weeks ago and revealed their government was underreporting vaccine-related injuries by a factor of 25 to 1. This is based on approximately 3 million Germans, or 3.6% of the total population, who were injured by injections through a seek, uh, uh, enough to seek medical treatment. No wonder doubt is leaning towards the grand plan scheme now. And again, this you know the CDC numbers, according to a Harvard study, uh, only about 0.8% of all adverse events are ever reported to the VAERS system, which is what CDC's numbers are based on. So you could almost multiply those numbers, or 61,000 by 100, and that would put you at about 6.1 million, if I did my math correctly. Anyway, that's why this team is uh, going to drop more charts, all interpreting the CDC data, until the true reason why there are more deaths in 2021 than 2020 is exposed. Citing more figures, Dowd said the, uh, the over 65 generation saw 306,000 excess deaths in the second half of last year until February. Whew. I'm glad I'm not at 65 yet. <laughs> But I didn't take the jab either. That is a World War II event, explained Dowd, noting over 291,000 Americans died in the war. 
Dowd is pointing is also pointed out, and that was over four years <laughs> as opposed to six months. <laughs> Dowd also pointed out that there's little over 1.1 million in excessive deaths in the U.S. since the pandemic began. Hmm. I mean, I still think it's more than that. Putting that figure into perspective, Dowd said 1.1 million excessive deaths equates to 4,000 World Trade Center events. And still, the mainstream media is talking about Ukraine, Dowd lamented. We just literally had a war here on our own soil. We're at war with someone, and it's occurring. And, okay, that's the whole third hour. don't want to play that. Um, I will post the link, though. You know, I did put the link in there. Um, in that uh, article at the very bottom, you'll see um, a link to the third hour of the Thursday, March 10th. Um, I think it was last Thursday, a week ago today. Uh, whole commercial-free deal where uh, Alex was interviewing Mr. Dowd. So you can check that out for yourself. But uh, some pretty damning evidence. I remember hearing it, and it was like, oh, my goodness. These guys are fi finally hitting the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> but, you know, we're running out of time. Uh, phone lines are open if anybody wants to call in. 833-TFR-LIVE, 833-837-5483. Again, 833-837-5483 for anyone who would like to call in, tell me I'm crazy or... You know, add any comments, concerns, questions, whatever the case might be, feel free. We'll be watching the board, see if anybody calls in. In the meantime, uh, take a look over here at Health Impact News. Time to ditch DuckDuckGo, popular alternative internet search site, announces it is censoring Russian disinformation. Which is probably not disinformation, it's probably the truth. And the thing is, is DuckDuckGo was a pretty good search engine. You know, you could have some privacy and that kind of stuff. And then guess what happened? They sold out to some liberal SOB bunch. And now they're going to be just like everybody else. <laughs> you know, just what we need. But anyway... Anyone following the news in the alternative media this past week has probably been shocked to learn that the popular alternative search engine DuckDuckGo announced that they were beginning to censor search results based on Russian disinformation. So it is time to ditch DuckDuckGo as an alternative search engine to the evil Google search. James Corbett of the Corbett Report today had a broadcast that discussed other alternative search engines that also focus on privacy. He discussed three alternatives, Brave, Search, Seer X, and Pre-Search. And I use Brave all the time. I also use it's uh, the later one uh, created by the same guy uh, called Dissenter. And most people don't know about Dissenter, but it's a good, really good browser. Anyway, um... Let's see. He discussed three alternatives. It takes a bit more effort to get Big Brother off your back to stop watching everything you do, but the effort is well worth it. When the current culture today can label you as a terrorist for simply voicing your opinion on something, and then you end up on a government watch list. And well, let's see here. I have to... Click on the read more thing. <laughs> and never fails when I do that. 
I can't find where I left off. Oh, man. Anyway, um, I spent uh, a little bit more time today testing these three alternative site, uh, alternatives. As far as web results, I found Brave and Presearch to be very similar in results, while SeerX seems to also rely heavily on Microsoft's Bing search results. Uh, ran searches in, in these three plus DuckDuckGo, and honestly, I still found that DuckDuckGo provided me with slightly better results. Of course, I was not referring to anything related to the war in Ukraine. But when it came to the news searches, I found pre-search to be superior to the other three and will now probably start adding them to my searches when I am searching out new sources. Other than uh, searches on the Russian conflict, which DuckDuckGo has foolishly admitted they were now censoring, I will probably continue to use DuckDuckGo as my primary search for web pages. However, my first search when I'm looking up something is usually not an internet search at all, but a search of my own personal news feeds and uh, that I collect on my computer via RSS feeds. In 2020, I published an article on how you can set up your own news feed that bypasses internal censorship and does not even need email. And uh, there's a link to that in this article. So I'll put a link to this one in the chat room in case anyone's interested. There we go. So anyway, DuckDuckGo, it's my understanding they sold out to somebody, and I can't remember who it was, but uh, it was a liberal bunch of SOBs. So it's not surprising that they're, as a result, you know, doing stupid things. Uh, looking to see what else is. CDC admits to collective COVID nasal swab PCR tests for genomic sequencing analysis. Isn't that special? Just what we need. Um, a rare judge in Canada for rules against forced COVID injections of children by looking at the evidence. Wow. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> uh, let's see here. Disappearance of annual flu, which was replaced with COVID-19, shows COVID uh, corruption at its highest points. Yep. After 33 years of failure to produce any injection, Novavax targets children for COVID-19 injection. Great. And we're down to about five minutes. So again, got time for at least one phone call if somebody wants to call in. Um, World Health Organization moving forward with global vaccine passport program. Well, why not? We've got people running scared. Might as well, you know, milk it for all it's worth. Got people believing in the wee beasties that they're being attacked by little things they can't see. When, in fact, they're being attacked by all the crap in the food, crap in the water, crap in the air that they have been exposing themselves to through all these years. And now those chickens are coming home to roost. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh... Study finds that exposure to forever chemicals increases your risk of catching COVID. <laughs> Probably because what you're doing is you're exposing yourself to toxins and you're going to have to detox, which is going to give you COVID-like symptoms more accurately. 
Oh, goodness gracious. CDC shows deaths of millennials surged by 84% after COVID injection mandate. Pretty much what we just covered. Diesel demolition. As early as April, diesel could be rationed in the UK as authorities phase out Russian oil imports. Ooh. Yowza. Gonna get crazy. Gonna get crazy. European countries mall increasing investment in fossil fuels to maintain energy security. And here we are in the U.S. of A. You know, a couple of years ago, we were the largest producer of oil in the world. And now we're one of the largest importers. Imagine what can happen when you change. You allow, you know, the Democrats to hack and hijack an election. And what it's going to do to this country. And literally as you know, spillover to the world. Heightened fears of nuclear war increased demand for potassium iodide worldwide. Yeah, better have some on hand. I have a bunch of uh, that kind of stuff available. Just in case. Of course, uh, Columbus is on the list of one of the high places to hit because of Battelle Memorial Institute and some of the other research stuff that goes on here. So chances are, if we get involved in a nuclear war, I'll uh, disappear. <laughs> Reach 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit in less than a second. Um, and hello, Jesus. <laughs> so anyway... No telling what's going to happen with that. Fears grow that Russia's aggression could lead to World War III. I don't think so. I just have a feeling, regardless of how stupid we are, Putin's not going to be dumb enough to get into that. He did get trapped into the, you know, you know Ukraine was literally a bear trap. And, you know, the Russian bear. But uh, I don't think he's going to go that far. He's got cooler head, even if we don't. 45 foods from major retailers found to have high levels of glyphosate. I bet it's more than that. That's, you know, probably ran out of testing. Prioritizing your goals. Three steps for a successful garden. Hmm. Anti-Russia. Then arrest the Clintons. Ooh. <laughs> oh, boy. Digital tyranny. Beware of the government's push for digital currency. You better beware. And that's where Hyperverse comes in. I'm telling you, the, the, the way they're going right now, if they could implement a cashless society right now, they would. It's only the no, sheer number of unbanked people that we have in this country right now that are keeping people from being able to do anything. Oh, looks like we got a caller. I'm sorry. Let's see if we can catch him real quick. Hello, caller. We've got a little bit of time, but we'll try it. What's up? Oh, that's all right. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Got a lot of background noise. Okay, excellent. I, I thought I had a problem. I know you only have a couple minutes. I got to the show late. Uh, listen, I just want to tell you real quick. I don't know what I can say or not on the radio, but I am a paramedic, but we no longer do emergency medical transport. We're now non-emergency. And I have to tell you that during this past two years, um, gosh, how do I say this? I have this enormous sense of guilt for transporting people to get certain things injected, I guess, and mm -hmm. then 
finding out that they're gone a week or two later many, many well, times. I'm, I'm so sorry. And I, I see so much craziness. Um, I understand. I'll call back. Tuesday and give us a bigger update earlier if you can. Take care, everybody. Awesome. We'll do. We will see you all on Tuesday. Thanks. Have a wonderful weekend. Take care and God bless.